1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network
2: Fantasy Football Frenzy.
3: Welcome in, everybody. Yeah. It is your boy, the closer Chris Ventra here, and this is the Fantasy Football Frenzy on a Friday, August twenty third. The season is coming strong; uh, we're almost there. Of course, as you see to my right here, Steve Sadovoy. Every Friday we have Steve Sadovoy on. He is one of my co-managers in the GST League, actually, big big experts league there. And of course, we got the Sharks at the FNTSY Sports Network, presented by Sports Grid Fantasy Taz Jim Day. How you doing, my brother?
4: Hey, happy Friday, guys. I'm looking forward to talking some fantasy. And you know what? It's National Draft Weekend. This is when all the drafts are going to be going on this weekend. Everybody's jumping into it. So I'm looking forward to having a great weekend. I know I have about nine drafts to do this weekend.
3: Yeah, so this weekend, you're right. This weekend and next weekend, I'm thinking, too, is a big draft weekend uh, because the season starts September 5th, I believe, which is a Thursday, and that's the Thursday after... The weekend after this. Um, so big big draft weekend is coming up. That's why today I want to talk some values of fantasy players on the draft board right now. And I want to discuss just certain strategies or certain ways uh, you like to draft in all your different leagues, whether it's a big money league, small money league, how many leagues you're in, whatever the case oh, may great.
4: be. great. I, I love that topic. I, I have a perfect thing for that. That's what you I, know how I love to draft? Go ahead. I love to draft naked.
3: Naked. So there you go. Jim Day likes to drift naked. It helps him mentally. Uh, you know, it helps him feel like, you know, I guess just natural. And he lets it go. And you know, he has a good draft. I guess mentally for himself uh, when he's naked. This is what he told me off off scene. You know what I'm saying? George Kurtz, what is up, my dude? How are you feeling today? Ready for drafts?
5: Well, I had my home league draft last night, the one, uh, the thirty-one-year-old league, and um, the commissioner of that league, and it was interesting. As if you live in the New York area, we had a major storm last night, and I think four members of that league lost power at different points during the draft. Oh so,
3: uh,
5: no! It, it wasn't. Hey, we got it done. They got everybody got back. Texting's a wonderful thing. If you know how to work the uh, as a commissioner, you know how to work the board. Anyway, you can get your picks in. It delayed it a little bit, but uh, it all got done less than, yeah, uh, maybe two. Two hours plus, so uh, not a big deal. Draft is done. And I got not another bad. draft tomorrow.
3: Nice. There you go. Another draft tomorrow. Everybody's going to have drafts. You know, I actually, I, don't really, I think I only have maybe one this weekend, but I got a lot next week and next weekend. Um, but that's crazy. I mean, you know, I'm sure you had to stop the clock at some points to uh, let these guys regather themselves as they lost internet.
5: Well, lucky they're smart. They text right away to let me know that they're out because it's tough to see on the, uh, the board who's in, who's out. Uh, unless you're really paying attention to the chat where it says, you know, this guy got whatever, Steve joined, Steve's out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But they uh, they texted right away, and uh, it, it it sounds a lot worse than it actually was.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Got it done. Home league drafts coming up. All the big league drafts coming up. We'll talk draft strategy. We'll talk overvalued and undervalued players right now, according to ADP. We'll help you out for your drafts coming up. That's what we're here for. But take a quick break for Chris Venture, the closer Steve Satterboy, Fantasy Taz, and George Kurtz, Fantasy Football Frenzy on a Friday. We'll be right back with you.
2: DailyRoto.com
4: I feel better. I have more energy. I walk 12 miles a day. I feel great. It changed my life. It really has. It's really incredible.
6: Guys, if you'd like to lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435, 888-400-0435,
1: andro400.com. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for For your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it.
2: It now the media smells blood and water with him. And yes. now it's, what are you going to do now, Baker? And they're going to try to bait him. I mean, let's face it. They're going to try to he bait him every day. He is now as such. Yes. They know
7: they stick a microphone in front of them yes. and get something to blurb for the paper. It is clear that this organization wants that reputation on some level. And this is part of them going from the doldrums and the joke and the class clown
2: that they were. Weekdays, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Football Frenzy. It is your boy, the Closer, Steve Sadovoy, Jim Day, What's Fantasy Taz, and George Kurtz. Hi, Steve. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty Doing good. good. Ready for the season? Ready for the draft? So we had preseason week, uh, week three uh, start uh, last night. We saw some more Daniel Jones. He's very good. He looks fantastic uh, through three weeks of preseason. He looks fantastic. I, you know, I'm still going to knock the pick, but uh, sure. You know. He does look good. He looks better than Eli right now. I mean, better pick than Saquon. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know about that. I still think
0: oh, Saquon come on. is a great are pick. You
4: really, are you really trying to... Uh,
0: I mean, that, that's a fact. I mean, uh, you're drafting a, fact. drafting a running back in the top three, like in the f- top ten picks generally doesn't get you a Super He's Bowl. He's a generational talent. Not sure, even generational. Sure. No, so was AP. No way, so was AP. No great. So no was AP. Steve Let me ball. know when AP wins a Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, but no, AP was... AP was a a once-in-a-decade running back. Saquon's like a a a once-in-a-century running back. Like, it's different. This guy does it all. AP doesn't catch passes. He was limited because of that. Okay? This guy is special. That's not what kept him out of the Super Bowl. I still like the the Barkley pick. Anyway, uh, your boy, Jim Day, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, blows up. Nice. I got it, right? Is he like that? Um, Blows up for eight catches out of nine targets for 104 yards and a touchdown last night. Uh, who they play. They play the Ravens. What do you, uh, like, I'm sure this guy's going to show up draft boards, but is this, like, is he going to get targets in this Philadelphia Eagles offense? It's very crowded there. So I'm worried that even though he's popping off on preseason, we've seen plenty of guys pop off on preseason. Like, is he really going to get the targets, uh, you know, that we need in fantasy?
4: I don't think so. Um, You know, I'll still take a shot on him really late as a, what the heck, especially in best ball, But I don't think so because, you know, everybody is discounting uh Nelson Aguilar again, like they did last year, uh, especially when they got Tate and you know, Aguilar still played well. Well all the word out of camp is that Aguilar is playing well again. Um he's having a good camp and doing everything they want him to do out of that slot. So while everybody else thinks that Artega Whiteside is going to take over that slot role to begin with, I don't think it's going to happen, at least not this year, maybe next year. But they got Aguilar under contract, and I think he's going to be the guy that people are sleeping on.
3: Yeah, yeah. Are you still taking a shot on Whiteside, though, late in draft? I am. I'll I'll take
4: a shot on him really, really late. You know, if his ADP starts flying up the board now because he had a good preseason game, then absolutely not. At that point, he, you know the value decreases every round he moves up. But for right now, if I could still get him very late in the draft, absolutely I'll take a shot on him because yeah. I think he does have ups, uh, upside, especially if Aguilar gets hurt.
3: Yeah, yeah. All right, there you have it. Our, our Thega Whiteside uh, looking good in preseason week three here. Um, the biggest news really was Cam Newton uh, getting hit, getting hurt. Right now, they're saying it's just a mild sprain. It doesn't appear to be anything serious, George. Um, And obviously, they also lost their rookie offensive tackle. Greg Little was carted off the field with a concussion. Um, Should we be concerned not only about Cam Newton's draft stock, but more importantly, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, like, are we worried at this point that if Cam Newton misses some time, do these guys fall down the board? McCaffrey, probably not so much, but the other two wide receivers, I'm thinking maybe.
5: Oh, well, it's funny you asked that question. I literally, looking at my Twitter feed, I just got this, this, exactly, this exact question. All right, that somebody has uh, <laughs> the number two pick in their 10, 10-team PPR draft, and they were going to take CMC. I'm assuming Barkley's going one there. And now, with the injury to Cam last night, should they take Kamara instead of CMC? And uh, it's an interesting question because we don't know the extent of the injury really to Cam. He's going to have an MRI today. could end up being worse. Right now they're saying he's probably ready for week one, which I would expect them to say unless his leg was going to be amputated. Hmm. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting (laughs) question. Uh, Would you now take Kamara, the safer play now, I guess? You know, do we want to take a chance with, you know, Kyle Allen or whoever's going to be the uh, the backup quarterback there? Uh, I think I would still take CMC here. Uh, I am certainly more cautious now, but even if Cam... I mean, unless the injury is really bad, what, he misses a game? Maybe two at most. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he will play week one. So I'm still going to take CMC here. But, you know, if you're one of those owners who's going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to to worry and drive yourself crazy for two weeks, then take Kamara. It's pretty close. It's not like CMC is a clear-cut choice. So if you want to take Kamara, you know, hey, I'll play it safe. Take the uh, guy who's almost as good or just as good. Then go Kamara here. But if I had CMC ranked higher, I'd stick with CMC.
3: There you go. So, yeah, I mean, if anything, he falls just a spot because Kamara, you know, those are the big three, and there's very little separating them, but he wouldn't fall too much further than that. The receivers, I mean, right now, the news literally just came out at 1130 a.m. today that the Panthers are cautiously optimistic Newton will be ready for week one opener against the Rams. So that's good news. uh, But still, you know, an injury to the quarterback runs this whole offense. It really would hinder DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel value. And Samuel's a guy who's flying off draft boards. Uh, And just real quick before I speak to you, Steve, I just want to say this. I just saw news. Ronald Jones returned to practice this week after injuring his knee in the second preseason game. Thank God. I'm happy. Free Rojo. (laughs) Still alive and well. Uh, But for you, Cam Noon, you worried about this at all? He's got the shoulder uh, issues. He's older now, but now you got this foot sprain. Not really,
0: but I mean, he's the kind of guy who tries to play through injuries a lot, which kind of leads to more injuries often. And he's a running quarterback, so we don't know what it really means yet. Let's wait and see. That's the approach that I would take. Overall, for me, I had Camaro above CMC on boards anyway. So technically nothing changes for me. Although maybe CMC would now potentially drop below a guy like Zeke. Or Zeke who was going fifth. Now with that's a good
3: question. See, now Zeke is interesting, right? And this is why I wanted to talk about draft strategy today. I did a podcast last night with Shane Palmer who runs sonyplus.com. It's one of his new websites. He's been doing podcasts. I've been doing them with him, and last night he asked me an interesting question. If you have the fourth pick in drafts, right, and Zeke is on the board, obviously, uh, or even the fifth pick and Zeke is on the board, right? Are you taking Zeke? Now, I said, I don't know. I would have to see what happens when I'm in the situation. And to me, it's really about this. Are you a person that plays in one fantasy league all season? Are you a person that plays in 10 or 150 like Jim Day? That matters. If you're only in one league and you want to be risk-averse and you don't want to take chances in the one league that you're in, and it's a $100, $200 league, and that's a lot for you guys, then maybe I wouldn't take Zeke, okay? But if you're in five, ten leagues, I think it's okay to take a shot in two out of the ten, three out of the ten, and take Zeke at four.
0: I think Zeke is the safest pick in the draft. Period. You think Zeke is? The I, I don't. I, I don't think. That there doesn't was...
4: make sense.
0: <laughs> you know why? Because it, there was no doubt that he was going to get resigned. Realistically, it was more of just everyone. Oh, there's
5: definitely doubt now. Yeah, there, there's doubt now. He's not the safest pick in the draft. Oh, he's going to sign. Oh, he, he's not even close. wait, wait, wait. Oh, he's let, 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 he could
4: still be out. Yeah, just Wait, Wait. Yeah, uh, I'm Jim. usually a guy who sides with the players in this. I almost always am. But they made him an offer that would make him the second highest paid running back in the league. After all his off-field issues, after all his shenanigans. He hasn't really had much shenanigans he, also. Wait, wait, wait. Let me talk. Let him finish. And the Let fact go. that he's still under contract for them. Yeah. You know what? At this point, I'm siding with Dallas. Wow. You know, they, it, they are in the right here, not Zeke. After all his crap, all the s- suspension, everything that has, comes with him, all that mm. baggage, they offer him a contract to make him the su- second highest paid running back in the league. And that's not good and enough. And he turns it down. You know what? Sorry, Zeke. I've lost all respect.
3: Yeah, that, that really bothers me, too. <laughs> My goal is
0: not to decide who's right or wrong. It's to project whether or not he's actually going to play, play this and season. And you really
4: think
3: he's going to play, yes. What is the percentage chance you think he plays by nine, week one? 99. Nine. 99% yes. chance? Yes. Yes, I don't Do see him have, not playing. You have to be the most favorable, optimistic. No. Elliott.
0: Yeah, I don't see a reason for him to not play.
3: Well, the reason money. is he just got offered he's, the second highest contract okay. for a running back, and he still declined it. This guy okay. wants to be the highest paid running back. He's got this delusion in his head. Why? That Cause, he's cause the king he's that, of the league. Because He's the
0: best running back in the league.
4: He's the thing is, he might not be. Yes, he he's one of the best, but oh, no, he's not no, the he's, best he's, by any means. Yeah, there's definitely you can make arguments whether it's, you're it's the best a combination or of not. things. Uh, but you know, when you when you add in the fact of all his other history, look, this is a guy that could be suspended at any time and. See, any I,
0: reason, I I also disagree yeah. with that because most of the most of the history that we, he's got it was pretty much overblown out of proportion every single time. It I'm not saying I'm not saying Sure, I'm not saying he's, sure, not saying know, he's, he's the guy. He's got the negative, best character, yeah. but at the end of the day, I mean, he's no you know I don't want to point Antonio point Brown. He's no Tyreek Hill. I don't so, say Tyreek Hill. No,
4: no, don't get me. Tyreek
3: Hill is also also a guy who might have been you know. Turned sure, and sure. It's not the truth. What happened to him? You could say Antonio Brown, maybe. But we'll be right back. Fantasy huh? football frenzy. Uh, we'll take a break. I like this discussion. Zeke Elliott, would you take him uh, at four? And I think it depends on a lot of different factors and how many leagues you're in and stuff like that. But we'll get I'm back to it.
1: Seven right now. I hope he drops.
3: Yeah, there you go. Steve, Jim Day, George Kurtz, your boy the closer. We'll be right back.
2: Best friends, yup! Yeah. The best friends forever.
0: Miles Sanders' is ADP, 65. David Montgomery's continues to rise. At the moment, his ADP's at 43. Which one of these guys would you rather have at that
7: ADP? I actually like where both guys are going right now. Montgomery will end up as a third rounder, I think, by the time real drafts come around. There won't be much more hype on David Montgomery, thankfully, if you're a fan of him. If I had to choose one or the other, like if it's like David Montgomery third round or Miles Sanders sixth round, I'm going to take Sanders here.
2: Watch live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, on the FNTSY YouTube channel.
5: Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service. That's 212-299-5170.
2: Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MaidSailors.com. That's madesailors.com. Was your story. Go to gamefacegrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
4: Bringing it back hardcore. You know what else is hardcore become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer or join the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're just doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL annual pass with a faster optimizer smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made.
3: There you have it. Jim Day reads on a Friday. Fantasy Taz. You can find him everywhere. He's got 150 leagues, so he knows what he's doing. Um, just quick, before we get back, I really like this Draft controversial discussion. Uh, it really gets me excited. I like to see it get heated. But just a couple of notes from yesterday that I wanted to point on before, before we go right back into that. Um, Marcus Brown saw game action. You saw him catch three passes for 17 yards. That's something that stood out to me. So, you know, that's a good thing for people who are looking to draft Marcus Brown later in the draft. And you could get him for basically free. Uh, DJ Chark and Jordan Reed leave their games with concussions. Something to monitor right there. Daniel Jones continues to impress. We spoke about that. Sony Michelle sees game action, 10 rushes for 36 yards. Doesn't have the greatest, you know, game right there, but small sample size, just good to see a guy who's injury-prone on the field getting touches. Uh, That makes him, you know, keeps him in mind for me a little bit in that draft area where Michelle and all those RB3 flexes are going. He moves up a little bit for me there. Uh, Jacoby Myers continues to impress. Seven receptions, 74 yards uh, in his action, so... He looks good. That's a guy to keep in the back of the mind in deeper leagues. Darius Geis plays in basically his first action, game action in forever. 11 rushes, 44 yards. Looks good. Uh, so don't be afraid to pull him where you're getting him right now. And drafts could be
4: uh, a nice little I value. I jump in here real quick? I
3: knew you were going to try to jump in at some point.
4: I knew it was coming. The good, the good thing yeah. about drafting Jacoby Meyer, though, is if you ever have legal issues, he can help. Jacoby Myers, that's right. Yes. <laughs>
3: Good one, Jim. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you an eight out of 10 for that one. All an right. Eight out of 10. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty good. D.D. Westbrook, four <laughs> catches D. 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 29 odds. We'll Fridays. D.D. Westbrook, four catches 29 odds and a touchdown guy who's looking like more and more like a decent flex option uh, in fantasy. I mean, tough offense to uh, invest into in terms of passing work, but he seems to be the number one guy there right now. Foles is better than Bortles. Yeah, Foles is definitely better than Bortles. I would say that. Uh, Gusecki. Has a nice little game, finally. Three catches, 59 yards. So, Gasecki has a late-round tight end, too. Keep him in mind, he could be a nice little uh, value pick there late in drafts. All right, let's continue this talk. So, George, I want to hear your opinion. You took Zeke with the fourth or fifth pick, I think, in the FNTSY draft. That was, like, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you did it pretty quickly. You had no qualms about it. At this point, would you do the same thing, George?
5: Well, in that home league that I'm playing in on, uh, on Saturday, uh, it's a keeper league, so a couple of the top running backs are going to be kept. I have the third pick, and I already know who the first two picks are. And McCaffrey's gone, Kamara will be gone, Barkley all gone. Uh, I'll have a choice of Elliott. If I want Elliott, I can have him. I'm sorry. it's uh, Yeah, if I want Elliott, I can have him, or it's Kamara. That's my other choice here. And I'm going Kamara pretty easily there, mm-hmm. mainly because I do have him in the, uh, the pit league already, so I don't need to uh, have him again. And because there is some worry now. Uh Zeke did go back to Dallas yesterday. Then he went back to Cabo. Apparently, the Marshall Falk thing. Who the hell knows? He <laughs> tweeted out something today, which is interesting. That uh, you know, generally, when you have a great season, you get paid in a more than the next person. So he doesn't care that he's the second highest paid. He wants to be paid more than Gurley. I agree with Jim. I think this is, I think Zeke is asking for way too much here. He's had problems. Uh, yes, he's a great player, but he's had problems with the, you know, Goodell. He's had problems with the law. Uh, he's still got two years left on his contract and Dallas could hold him for two more years on the franchise tag after that. So I think the Cowboys are in the right here. Plus the, we know that Jerry Jones wants to keep this team together. So if Zeke is truly wants the most money, this is going to come down to, well, who's going to blink. And I'm not so sure Jerry Jones is going to blink yeah. not right away. Anyway, uh, I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to do Melvin Gordon. I still, if I was betting, I would still bet that Melvin Gordon holds out further because they low him. Yeah, you know, so I still go that direction. But uh it wouldn't surprise me if this lasts a couple of weeks into the season. Jerry Jones already pulled this crap with Emmett Smith in ninety three. He might just do it again with Zeke here. And remember Dallas opening schedule, not the toughest. You know, they open up the Giants, Skins, Dolphins before it gets interesting. So Jerry Jones may be looking at that too, get some leverage there. If the Gallows can go two and one, three and zero oh without him, that might force Zeke's hand as well. So I'm I'm worried enough here where I, I, have Z, I think Jim said he had him at seven. I got him at six, so I dropped him a few, point, uh, a few uh, slots as well.
3: Who are the guys, besides the big three running backs, who are the other two guys that you have ahead of him right now?
5: David Johnson, of course, and uh, Bell.
3: And Bell. Also, oh, you have David Johnson and Bell. I know Jim doesn't have Bell uh, ahead of no. Zeke. Yeah. No. You probably have Connor
4: and, I and do have Johnson. Connor. Yeah. And David Johnson, yes. Okay.
3: Uh quite frankly DeAndre Hopkins might be one of the safest bets really on the board. That's safe. When you talk about safe, DeAndre Hopkins is safe. But I understand what you're saying. Now, that's what my question is. Obviously, George is saying I guess one or two out of uh let's say eight leagues he'd have him in, so he he'd take the chance. Now, not everybody has the capability or the money to play in a ton of leagues. Uh, maybe they play in a ton of small leagues or maybe they just play in one big league. So what would you guys say to someone who is more of a casual player but is playing in a, a big money league, like 100 to $200 for them, and that's a lot, and they want to win, would you tell them to take Zeke at, f- at four or five or six or would you tell them to pass? Starting with you, Jim Day.
4: If they're only doing one league, one uh, league. right now yeah. I would tell them to pass. Uh, get a safer option to be sick. You know, look, I'm not gonna lie. If Zeke comes back in the camp before Week One, he jumps right back into that one-two slot for me. I, I'd say, you know, I I know what the guy can do when he's on the field. But right now, I think he's digging his heels in a, a little too hard, and I don't think Dallas is gonna pay him more than what Gurley got because I didn't. I don't think they thought Gurley should have gotten that much to begin with.
1: Mm-hmm. So
4: I think that really comes down to that. I think they want to stay away from that, trying to get into that range and. You know, at this point, he's still under contract. He can get fined heavily if he's not coming into play. You know, so it's not only does he not get that new contract, but now he's also starting to incur a lot of penalties. Now, we know most teams will probably end up throwing that away and not charging him. But if he really sticks his feet in the ground, they may very well charge him this time. And, you know, it's it's just a bad situation with a guy that just has a history of making bad decisions.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation. And if you're in one league, you don't want to take that chance. Don't take that chance. But if you're in multiple leagues, this is a guy we're talking about. That could be a league winner. This is why we take chances on guys like this. Melvin Gordon, even though there's, he's probably a lot less likely to play this season than Zeke, uh, but he's going a lot further down the, the board. So uh, AJ Green with his injury, where do we take, you know, you want to win leagues, Sometimes you got to take shots. Now, if you're in one league, it's hard to do that, right? It's so, very hard to, so to my, just take
0: shots and risk. My reason for one thing to take a shot on a guy like Zeke, for example, as a four, five, six, seven pick maybe, is the simple fact that there's already a lot of data that proves that first-round running backs get hurt at a 40, 40, uh, 44% Fantasy rate. First round back? Fantasy
3: first-round running backs?
0: Fantasy first-round running backs get hurt at about a 40% rate on a yearly basis. Since at, when? At, at about since they've been around. It's the last ten decade, at least, which is reasonable for our NFL that we're talking about. Okay. So, within our context. Uh, also, besides the injury rate, there's a pretty high bust rate. There's usually, like, one out of 12 players the, goes going in the first round busts for whatever reason. They just don't return ADP. And, you, and then bust could include the injured players. Yeah, but bust could include just he doesn't return on ADP because you're assuming that your first-round player is giving you X amount of points on a weekly basis. Right. If a guy gives you half of that on a regular basis, he's a fourth-rounder. He's a fifth rounder. He's not worth that first pick. So if you're going to shoot for the ceiling, Zeke is potentially a game breaker. Completely. He's a game winner. He's a league winner, yeah. yeah. He has that potential. He's, he's a he's He a bell has Todd, Todd Gurley upside.
3: Todd right. Gurley last year upside. No real injury history. He could be the number one fantasy player. Easily. Yeah. Of course. Easily. That's why he's going where he's yeah, going. But
4: you're not going to take that chance if you only have one If team you're only
3: one. in one league, it's yeah. potentially not. You know, it's true. Potentially
0: not. But it's something that I would consider it's not the most sound advice like i would say it's
3: not it's not for the faint of heart yeah, for a kid but it's a very very risky put it this uh, way high upside move put it this way if you're a kid and you're a casual player out there and you're only playing in one league and it's a ton of money i wouldn't do it okay because you don't want to risk all sure, that on your yes. first pick but if you're someone that's playing in five leagues and it's a 10 it's your cheapest money league it's a 10 dollar league and you want to do that go ahead do it that's your cheapest money league the risk uh The reward outweighs the risk there because you only put in $10 and you're in four other leagues and you probably won't have them in those Mm -hmm. other four leagues. So that's different. That's why it's all about what that person is doing. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? That's why it's hard to judge if you would take Zeke at four or not. It depends on what league you're in. Now, speaking of draft strategies, in a conversation I had yesterday, a lot of people are saying they have a strategy going into their draft, which is whether it's zero RB or... Uh, You know, balanced strategy, wide receiver, running back at the turn, let's say the 12th pick or wide receiver, wide receiver, and then running back, running back at three, four, all different strategies. But we always say, don't go into the, I mean, go into the draft with, you know, a little bit of a strategy, a little bit of a way you want to go. Be flexible flexible because you have to adjust to the board and, and see value. So, George, what do you think about that? There's two sides to the coin. I could see going zero RB. Then you're actually implementing a strategy and it could work but you're actually implementing a strategy and not going by best available on the board. So how would you play that for a person who is in a league by himself or a person who's in many leagues? Because I think that matters.
5: Well, you, I mean, if you play in a lot of leagues, you might do different strategies. If you're going to do something like a zero running back strategy, you better mock a couple of drafts so you have an idea When you got to start grabbing some running backs that you're looking for? Round five, round six, round seven, what are you going to do? I'm generally a best player available guy. That's generally how I attack it. First two rounds, I generally know I'm going to end up with a running back. It may not be in the first round, but it's unlikely I'm going to go the first two rounds and not grab at least one running back. I don't like how my team looks after that. It's why I don't draft a quarterback early or a tight end early. Just don't like how my team looks. I've mocked it out.
3: There you go. He, he he doesn't like it. If he doesn't like it, that's it. He's going best available, he's going safe. He likes to do that. Alright, we'll be right back. We'll talk more strategy. Fancy football friends.
2: Watson said the other day, because he was sacked 62 times last year, he said, a lot of that was on me. I have to do a better job of getting rid of the football. It's not always the offensive well, line. Well, he's ball. right. He, well, that's true. I really, you, He has to. He held the ball a little too much. Yeah. That's true. That's a fair point. But I'm glad that he saw that, acknowledged it, and realizes it's an issue. A lot of quarterbacks wouldn't say that openly. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
6: Listen to what Chris said about Andro 400.
4: couldn't believe it. I feel better. I have more energy. I walk 12 miles a day. I feel great. It's changed my life. It really has. It's really incredible. Guys,
6: if you'd like to lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to Andro400.com or call 888- 400-0435. 888-400-0435. Andro400.com. Money Now 100 is not a lender,
9: broker, or agent of
3: Alright, welcome back Fantasy Football Frenzy on a Friday Last segment of the program Before we head into the big draft weekend This weekend You're with the boy The Closer Chris Ventra, Steve Satterboy Fantasy Chad, Jim Day, and George Kurtz We're talking draft strategies here And You know some people, I was talking to somebody yesterday who said, I'm taking wide receivers in the first three rounds, somebody told me yesterday. Uh, even if he had the fourth, fifth uh, pick, he's taking DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams. And, you know, late rounds he's taking. He doesn't even want the first or second or third pick. I said, why? I mean, these are bell cows. These are pretty safe bell cow guys here. Why wouldn't you take them? He's like, because I just think that running backs in general are a lot riskier. i rather go wide receivers a safe route and I'll get my running back value later. Now, a lot of people like to do that this year. Zero RB strategy. I'm cool with it if you can execute it properly. In the GST draft, I told everybody before, Michael Salfino, I'll give a shout out to him. Uh, a lot of you guys may know him. He is an analyst, writer, everything. He, he did the zero RB and it worked out pretty well for him. He has, he stacked all around except for running back. He has Duke Johnson and Austin Eckler, which I think is fine in a PPR league, but When you do that, you have a strategy in mind. It's not, that's the opposite of really saying best player available. I guess he was taking best player available besides running back, but it's hard to follow different strategies. That's why we encourage people to play multiple leagues. If you're in one league though, okay, Jim Day, what would you do? What would you say to people? Just take best available, obviously adjust to the draft board, but. Would you condone a, a zero RB strategy for someone that's in one big money league? Or would you tell them to basically play it safe and go with, you know, the standard balanced value route?
4: Well, heck, if they're putting big money on the line, I'd tell them to go with what they think they, they need to do. There you, go. <laughs> uh, you know, they're the ones putting the money out there. I might make suggestions on which way to go. Uh, and I'll definitely do that. Everybody knows me knows I love to make suggestions. Um, So I would do that. And, you know, if it's just one big money league, if it's me, if I'm playing in a big money league, then I want balance. And that usually means that I'm going to start my team off uh, in the first six rounds with usually three running backs, three wide receivers. Um, Just, you know, whichever way it falls it it, you know, each round would be different, whichever player fell to me at that round. Mm -hmm. But by the end of six rounds, I'm looking at wanting to have three running backs and three wide receivers that are all startable. And that to me is my basis of my team. And if I have a strong six there, then I can start to take chances with some of the other wide receivers and running backs I grab later, guys that have that big upside that, you know, maybe at this point have a low floor, but you know, later in the year might have that big upside.
3: There you have it. Jim Day. Telling you like it is, he, he likes to go ba- He's saying for somebody who, you know, is risking it all on one draft, you know, go more balanced, go for the value picks, adjust to your draft, do what you want to do, get the guys you want, what you think is value on the board, of course, uh, but you wouldn't suggest going too well, tricky with it. Know your league also. Know, know your league. Know your league is the big, most important
0: That's thing. True, Because, I mean, if you're playing, for example, in the league that you are talking about, the GST, we've got its full-point PPR. So the approach he took was actually taking – Four or five really, really potentially high PPR wide receivers. Yeah, he has, he has four. And he followed up with pass catching running backs. He basically took scat backs. He took guys that are on the field only to get receptions for most part.
3: Right. That's his because entire they have strategy. A nice floor, right? That's his
0: entire strategy. Just to go with guys that get targets.
3: That's it. Nothing wrong with it. Because all you need is nine, ten points from those guys when you have, and this is who he has, Deshaun Watson at quarterback. He has DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, and DJ Moore at wide receiver.
4: Absolutely stacked. Uh, I'm not sold on DJ Moore's wide receiver three.
3: Well, with the Cam Newton news.
4: (laughs) I know. No, even before the Cam Newton news. Look, look, yeah, I'm just not. Uh, First of all, Samuel's been out playing him in in camp. That's all the talk. But that doesn't mean DJ Moore's still not going to have a fantastic season. I understand that. But to grab DJ Moore in the third round, which sounds like what he did. No, I think me, he went that, Boyd. Just...
0: I think he went Boyd in the third. No, no, no,
4: no, no. Oh, it was okay. DJ so Boyd, Moore. Okay, I like Boyd. No, he took more Boyd
0: over like Moore, me. I'm pretty sure. No, he okay. didn't.
4: Well, he... okay, let's say, uh, okay, let's but say I he have did. I've seen people take DJ Moore as high as the end of the third round. That's and bold. to me, you're literally drafting him at his ceiling if Cam Newton is healthy all year.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah.
4: And, and that's a concern to me. And the fact that Samuel is playing so well in preseason and having a, such a great camp. Look, Samuel had seven touchdowns last year. Moore had two. You're right. You know, so I I just, I love the way they use Samuel all over the place in all different things that get him involved in the running game. You know, they do a lot of things with him that they don't do with Moore. And Moore hasn't, I, I think he's going to be a really good wide receiver in this league. But he hasn't really shown me enough that I want to go that early and grab him. Well, I understand what I'll you're saying. i tell you the truth. I'd rather have Chris Godwin over him any day. Well, Godwin, oh,
3: Godwin is going over him in most cases. I'll tell you, in the GST, Godwin went three twelve. 12 DJ Moore went 4-9. So, Salfino took him at the end of the fourth. You would take him there. I so, mean, who, so who you well, I think a, most people would. Were you taking the third? Yeah,
4: I wouldn't take him there.
3: You wouldn't take him 4-9? Uh, no. I,
4: I would no, pull the trigger on him. I it? wouldn't. I'll pull the trigger. I'll, other I'll, guys, I like it. That that range much I'd, more than li- him. One anymore.
3: of the biggest things we preach as fantasy analysts is that don't pay for last year's stats. Uh, you're not I, buying I last that, year, but
4: right? In this case, you only have last year's stats to use for with him. Mm-hmm. That's true, but he and then you also have a quarterback who's coming back from a major injury, trying to throw the ball a different way, learning a new new way to throw the ball at this late stage in his life, and now he's got a damn ankle injury. So, yeah, I have concerns. Well, now, We're yeah. DJ Moore, I absolutely, I've stated this before. I'll state it again. Samuels is a mess, much better option and much better value where you can get him.
3: Yeah, the value is definitely better. I agree with that. And I would absolutely take Samuel. I took Samuel in that 14-team mock that we did uh, a week ago. But the thing is, I think a lot of people see it as he had 82 targets last year, 55 catches. He had almost 800 yards I think a lot of people just see that there's a tremendous upside here. Those targets are definitely going to go up. Now, obviously, with the Cam Newton news, yeah, that should drop him a little bit. You're right. But I'm talking before the Cam Newton thing. And if Cam Newton stays healthy and can, and plays week one, uh, normal Carolina Panthers offense, I think DJ Moore is a nice pick in the late fourth, early fifth. I mean, all these guys, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Big Mike Williams, all the breakout young breakout wide receivers are going in this range you kind of got to pay for it uh, and, and i think the upside the other two is worth you it you
4: mentioned both had 10 touchdowns last they year
3: they did have 10 touchdowns Moore only had two but more did have almost 800 yards receiving as a rookie that's pretty good i'm
4: not saying they had, i'm not saying they had a bad year Yeah, but the the lack of red zone targets the lack of red zone quality receptions Leads me to want to go to somebody who's going to score touchdowns at that ring. There you go.
3: This is the beauty of the game. You know, everybody has their own opinions on guys, and you know that's just the way it works in fantasy. You know, some people are high on some. Maybe he's too risk, too risky in that round. For Jim is what he's saying. Basically, he doesn't. He's not sure that the touchdowns are going to be there or the receptions. And I understand that, but he also has a ton of upside. So a lot of people will take that chance. Sure, depends if you're a risky well, refter st- or not. It's your strategy, right? on mean- your
0: scenario exactly. If you already have wide receivers, you might be prone to taking him because you're like, okay, worst case, I'm already covered. If this guy's upside pays off, I'm stacked. Right. But if you have running backs and you're drafting him as your wide receiver two, probably not the best. No, the I, I don't range.
3: like more as a wide receiver two. I do like him as a wide receiver three because if he does falter, hopefully, you know, you should have somebody on the bench to, to help replace him in the, you know, if he is starting off pretty yeah, slow, like Curtis you Samuel. could plug someone in. Uh, Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could do that. You could get DJ Moore, and Curtis Sam, you locked up Carolina Panthers wide <laughs> receivers basically. Uh, But basically, we were talking about your strategy and drafts. And, George, I know you like to be uh, not as risky. You like to play conservatively and get the guys. But a lot of people will say, a lot of analysts will say, well, if you go very conservative, you're not taking chances. Which means, is your team going to end up being a league-winning team? A lot of people take the chances because they want to win the league or completely bust. It's like win the league or bust. Uh, So there's two sides to that coin. Now, why do you think that... You know, for you personally, in most drafts, you go with the safest routes possible. Now, I tend to do that in the early rounds, but in the late rounds, I tend to be a lot more risky, even sometimes the middle rounds.
5: Uh, Yeah, I I understand what people are talking about. Uh, Go big or go home. Mm. You know, take a lot of chances. If you hit on all your chances, you'll probably run away with the league. That's probably true. Odds are you're not going to hit all all your chances. You'll hit some of them, which means you're going to put in the same spot you were before anyway. So mm-hmm. why do I need to take that? Now, I don't play conservative throughout the entire draft. What I always say is I play conservative in the first couple of rounds, the early part of my draft. I'm not taking too many risks in my first, second, third True. round picks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always like to use the, uh, the show my age in, uh, you know, in a baseball draft. I, I like to, be able to look on the back of a baseball card and know what my players are going to do. So That's what I do. Same thing mm-hmm. with football. You can look at your stats. You know, okay, this guy's going to give me my 1,200 yards, my 80 catches, blah, 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 blah. Touchdowns can be a little tougher to predict uh, in football. So I don't need to uh, feel to do uh, things that, that much outlandish. As the draft goes along, I look at my team, I may realize, okay, maybe I do need some upside with certain players here that might bust out. I also know that I'm going to pay attention in my league. So I'll make the moves I need to make. Right. If you're someone who you know you're not going to pay attention, you know, and then you may need to take some more chances. hope you hit some uh, some home runs here, some grand slams. I don't feel that need to do that. Uh, right. So zero running back strategy, I've never done it on purpose. You know, To me, that's like when you play baseball and you say, I'm going to punt saves. I, I, I just think it's very hard to recoup from yeah. that to say you're going to go, and that I don't want to do that. It's, it's a completely different sort of thing. But that being said, there have been some drafts where I am a pretty much a BPA guy, best player available in the first two or three rounds. It's just worked out where there was a wide receiver that slipped in the second. I took a wide receiver first round, maybe Hopkins. You know, eighth overall pick, he was there, I took him. And in the second round, every damn running back was taken before I went again, and there's you know some great wide receiver staring at me. Devontae right. Adams could happen. All right, fine, I got to go at it. It's about the third round, there's just no running backs left. So I went with another great wide receiver, and then I am playing zero running back. That has happened. Not this year, not yet, but it does happen. That's why the only round where I know what I'm going to do is that first round. If I have the 11th pick, which I had yesterday, I wrote down 11 players. I went down the order. Okay, he's the top player I have left. After that, I see how a draft plays out.
3: And that's a great, great point, I think, by George right there. Clear, concise. Basically, he's saying that you just go, go into the draft. Yeah, whatever pick you have, you have a guy marked down that you want. And if, like he said, if someone's staring at you and glaring at you, but it's not the position you want for construction early in the draft, that's okay. Take the wide receiver. If you're going to go wide receiver, wide receiver, if that's how it falls for you, that's okay. You want to have best player available, and you also want to be, I like that strategy. If you're a person playing in one league, you're a casual player, and it's a big money league for you, Play it safe in the earlier rounds. Take your shots later. Uh, in the middle rounds, you find value. And, and, you know, you could play the whole draft like that. But you also have to adapt and see who's falling. If a guy you didn't think was even going to be there in the third round falls to you in the third round and it throws a wrench in your strategy or how, your thought process, don't be afraid to pull the trigger on a guy like that. Steve?
0: First round overall strategy is, in regards to the first round is generally, I think, the easiest round. Only because those top 12 guys are top 12 for a reason. So... If someone wants to get crazy and pull a guy from the second or third round up the board for really no reason, it's more more power to them because someone else might get a better pick. And hopefully that's you.
3: Well, that's what happens.
0: When people reach, value drops, right? Well, people reach in the first round mostly because that's when they think, oh, you know, the experts, they don't know. No, this guy uh, shouldn't be a in six. In a casual
3: you're talking about? I mean, usually in expert league, you won't see that many mistakes. That's why it's good to know your league, right? Because if you're playing in a casual league, a lot of times quarterbacks will get pulled up the board, tight ends will get pulled up the board. You don't think in expert leagues they kind of tend to fall more? Uh, Kelsey
0: and Mahomes will go in at least one home league in the first round.
3: Yeah, probably, and I'm I'm okay with it. Though, listen, I'm not going to knock someone for reaching on a guy that they really like. If they really like the guy, and it's not that big of a reach. Now, you don't want to reach past the next pick that you have. If you're reaching on a guy that's going two rounds later. Then you made a mistake, okay? You can reach for a guy that maybe is going at the end of the next round and that's a long turn for you. That's fine. Uh, you know, because you t- want your guy, you gotta pull him up the board, you're probably not gonna get him in the next round. So. To me,
0: that's that's the rule with reaching is you have to look at the board and think, is this guy gonna be there on the comeback? If you right. if, if you really don't think he will, and this is a player that you really want, you wanna go out and get, then it's worth reaching. If you're just going to reach just because, oh. For no I, reason. Yeah. I, and
3: you're not really reading the board well and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You're just basically That's saying, I'm going to throw a wrench in everyone else's plans and do this. Right. You're only hurting yourself. Right, right. You got you to gotta read the board. You got to read what's going on. Jim Day, any last words on draft strategy here before we end the program?
4: Well, I am gonna to touch on it one last time you guys touched on it before, but absolutely know your draft, know your roster configuration, know your scoring before you start any draft. I can't tell you how many times we get to a middle of a draft of something and somebody goes, Oh really? Damn, I didn't realize this was half PPR. or <laughs> I didn't realize we could start four wide receivers. This is football? And this is expert stress.
3: Yeah, there you have it.
4: Jim Day right
3: there giving you the last word. Thanks for George Kurtz, Jim Day, Steve Sadovoi, your boy, the clothes of Fancy Football Frenzy. You to
7: see you victory next week. As you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball, become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a fan or DraftKings Tournament, or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today.
3: See, now, Zeke is interesting, right? And this is why I wanted to talk about draft strategy today. If you have the fourth pick in drafts, right, and Zeke is on the board, obviously, or even the fifth pick and Zeke is on the board, right? Are you taking Zeke? Now, I don't know. I would have to see what happens when I'm in the situation. Are you a person that plays in one fantasy league all season? Are you a person that plays in 10 or 150 like Jim Day? That matters. If you're only in one league and you want to be risk-adverse, and you don't want to take chances in the one league that you're in, and it's a $100, $200 league, and that's a lot for you guys, then maybe I wouldn't take Zeke, okay? But if you're in five, ten leagues, I think it's okay to take a shot in two out of the ten, three out of the ten, and take Zeke at four. I think Zeke is
0: the safest pick in the draft. Period.
3: You think Zeke is the safest pick in the draft? I I don't think That that doesn't make sense. (laughs) You know
0: why? There was no doubt that he was going to get re-signed realistically. It was more of just everyone... There's
4: definitely doubt now. Yeah, there, there's doubt now. He's not the safest pick in the draft. Oh, he's going to sign. He's not oh, he, even close. Okay, wait, 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 oh, wait. Let, let, he could still be out. This. Yeah, let, let, Jim. He's wait, signing. wait. Yeah. Uh, I, Jim. I'm usually a guy who sides with the players in this. I almost always am. But they made him an offer that would make him the second highest paid running back in the league after all his off-field issues, after all his shenanigans.
1: He hasn't really had much shenanigans Wait, wait,
4: wait. Let me talk. him. And the fact that he's still under contract for them. Yeah. You know what? At this point, I'm siding with Dallas. They are in the right here, not Zeke. After all his crap, the s- suspension, everything that has, comes with him, all that baggage, they offer him a contract to make him the second highest paid running back in the league. And that's not good and enough. And he turns it down. You know what? Sorry, Zeke. I- I've lost all respect.
0: Yeah, that, that really bothers me, too. <laughs> My goal is not to decide who's right or wrong. It's to project whether or not he's actually going to play, play this and season. And you really
3: think he's going to play, yes. What is the percentage chance you think he plays by nine, week nine, one? 99. Nine. 99% yes. chance? Yes. Yes, I don't see you him have, not playing. You have to be the most favorable, optimistic. No. Ezekiel
0: Elliott. Yeah, I don't see a reason he, for him to not play.
3: Well, the he's reason funny. is he they, just got offered the second highest contract okay. for a running back, and he still declined it. This guy okay. wants to be the highest paid running back. He's got this delusion in his head. Why? Because he's the king he's of the, that, the league. Because he's the best
0: running back in the league.
3: He's, the thing is he might not be. Yes, he he's one of
4: the best, oh, but no, he's no, not he's, the best by any means. He, yeah, there's definitely you can make arguments whether it's a combination of things. But you know when you when you add in the fact of all his other history, look, this is a guy that could be suspended at any time and See, for any I, reason.
0: I also disagree with that because most of the most of the history that we, he's got, it was pretty much overblown out of proportion every single time. I'm not, say, I'm not saying I'm not saying Sure, I'm not you saying know, he's it, the guy. He's got the negative, best character, yeah. but at the end of the day, I mean, he's no you know I don't point Antonio point Brown. He's no
3: Tariq Hill.
4: Say Tyree Hill. No, no, don't get me Tyree started. Tyree
3: kills also also a guy who might have been, you know, turned. Sure, and sure. It's not the truth. What happened to him? You could say Antonio stuff. Brown maybe.